Hello again, this is Noam John from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan, and today I'm with Stephanie Birkin, Hi. president of Our New York, yes. and Brian Cushman, luxury specialist at Our New York. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Anytime. Uh, what we're talking about here is streets level knowledge of Manhattan real estate. All right, um, people want to know what's going on, so let's get right into it. What's happening out there? What are you seeing? So we're still in a price correcting mm -hmm. market, um, but that being said, transactions are still happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. I write the checks here every day for all of my agents, right. and transactions, transactions are still happening across every price point. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that the deals are structured a little bit differently, they're taking a little bit longer, right. um, they've gone through a couple price drops, right. they've had negotiation terms that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise, especially on new developments. Mm -hmm. um, so things are happening, we're, mm -hmm. we're not at a standstill, things are happening, you just have to be more creative. The buyers are taking their time, they have right. more options. Right. Um, I just took buyers out over the weekend who still are saying they're in the explorative learning phase yeah. because they can be, because right. there is so much product to show them. Mm -hmm. Whereas a few years ago, I would send them four or five listings and that would be it. Those yeah. were their only options. Well, you have to add to that point, even they'd, they'd go into a property, probably spend five minutes in it and spend $5 million. Correct. Now they'll yes. come back to the property yes. five, ten times, bring every family member to yep. make sure everyone thinks it's the greatest thing. Yeah. Right. So ever. they're leveraging their, their the fact that they have the leverage, they're right. leveraging their situation. Right, and it has to really check off, if not all of their boxes, mm -hmm. right. the majority of them. Um, because if this particular property doesn't, instead of th knowing that they're going to go into a bidding war and they need this property, this is the only property that they want, yeah. they now have 10 or 15 other properties to look at and to choose from so they can... Exactly. And I want to get back to one of the points which you mentioned right off the bat, which is a lot of the deals are, these days are more creative. And that's would have been unheard of four years ago, which was, you know what, give me your highest and best in cash tomorrow and you yeah. can have this deal. And I, I guess I'm curious... Uh, is it mainly on the buy side or on the sell side where you're seeing the creativity? And I would just love to have some kind of examples of like, you know, uh, what, what are people having to do to get deals done that's a little more outside of the box? Well, for one thing, yeah, I mean, maybe they're throwing in their, their different systems, their TVs, the, maybe the, the fixtures that maybe the, the buyer likes. Okay. In the past, you'd be like, hey, I'm taking everything and you're going to buy it as is. Maybe now they'll offer to repaint or maybe they're going to offer to fix certain things where in the past you would buy it as is. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. You take all, you know, the buyer takes all the risk on. But now I think uh, sellers are, trying, are really having to accommodate buyers a little bit more okay and so that's something that I've seen absolutely change and buyers are probably trying to take advantage of really asking for everything you know right. and uh, and at even pieces of furniture hey throw that into the deal I want this in there and so and you're hoping to try to get some sort of you know meeting of the minds obviously but definitely seeing that mm -hmm. um, but and I would agree absolutely what Stephanie says the market's slower but transactions are happening but I, but I've seen uh, you know not every apartment I don't think is down I think if you've got something uh, somewhat unique to the market if you're you're, you know, in Tribeca looking for a four bedroom and you've got, uh, you're looking for one that's under four and a half million, there's not many. And right. so uh, if you've got something that there's not a lot of competition for, I think you're still seeing interest. Maybe you're not having people beat down the doors, but there's, there's general interest and maybe you've got as a seller, uh, a little uh, a more um, more ability to hold tight to your price. Okay. Then if you're selling a generic two bedroom where there's, you know, 30 of them on the market, 
uh, and yours is no different from any others, then you'll have a harder time. Now you're really competing on price. Yeah. You want it to stage just right, and, and you have to be flexible maybe with some of your terms. So mm -hmm. I think it, it really depends. It's a little bit apartment specific, you know, and, and, and I think that's through the gamut, through all the different prices. If you're looking for outdoor space, that's right off the living space, that's yeah. private. If you're, if you're looking for something very specific, I tell my buyers, hey, if we see it, yeah. I know the market's yeah. a little crazy right Don't now. Don't start timing the market Let's now. not try to yeah. time it. If we yeah. see something that doesn't come up often, right. we hope to negotiate a reasonable deal, but I think you got to move forward on it because now, it doesn't come it, up. It's like really it. interesting, and I just want to go back to that leverage that buyers are taking their leverage and they're using that leverage. Um, I'm looking at supply here. Supply is up 24% um, year year. But you know, if I go back to where we are, we're back at around 2,000 levels of supply, um, 2011, 2012. Do you think buyers are, because they have options, Right? Whereas they didn't three, four years ago, right? They had no options and they were acting very differently, right? Different market. But because they have options now, is that why they're doing this? Or is it, is it a whole host of other things going on here? I think it's a couple different things, but I also, it's also important to mention, and I tell this to, my, to every single buyer that I'm working with, you don't know when the market is going to change. Right. So you think this has been happening for, let's call it about 18 months. Right. People keep saying, when is it? When is the bottom going to hit? And they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're like, I, you know, I don't want to buy now because six months from now it may be even lower. Right. And I could have saved myself $100,000, $200,000, whatever the number is as a percentage base. And I tell them all the time there are certain opportunities that you have to capitalize on because three months from now, four months from now, six months from now, the market could change. Or right. the property that you wanted but it wasn't 100% perfect but you know you're gonna be upset if you right. lose, right. may no longer be there. Right. And if you're looking for, I have a buyer right now in Tribeca who's looking for a three bedroom, what where it was priced at five, if you're dipping below four and a half, that's a great buy. Yeah. Could you maybe save $100,000 in three months? Maybe, but also maybe not. Yeah. And you don't want to let those fall through because that's a value buy. Right. You know what buyers today need a lot more of? And don't forget that point. Buyers that were buyers in 2014. Right. They decided, you know what, screw this, I'm renting. And they rented for two years, they renewed their lease, they rented for another two years, and yeah. now they're back in and they look at the market and like, holy cow, this is completely different. Because I feel like a lot of buyers right now did not experience the 2014, 2015 market. Right. And because if they did, they would say, oh my God, this is, this is, this is a good time. What were you, you going to say something? Well, I was going to say, and, and to your point, I feel like, you know, if there's something about an apartment that you like, chances are that there's another buyer out there who's 100%. looking for that same thing. So even though nothing's happened, that doesn't mean that there's not someone else who's waiting to make a play. So there, at, at, at all times, this market is, this is the most liquid real estate market in the in the country so at all times there's a buyer for every property so it's just a question of whether the market price is ready for that buyer mm -hmm. and if it is they're just going to jump right in right and i, and I agree with that the point if, if if like you said if you have it if it's if you've been spending two years searching for the right apartment finally one comes on that checks the boxes right you know either gonna you're either gonna do it or you're not but speaking back to your point of 2014 i think of a lot of clients who are like oh i think i'm paying at the top of the market right i feel uncomfortable if i would you know like where did the buyer where did the buyer buy the apartment uh, you know, maybe it was half of what it was in, right. in the financial crisis. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you're concerning, you're, you're, you're on the fence right now, or even in the current market. Uh, and I'm like, back in the, in the financial crisis, if, if 
if things got really bad, you'd probably be really scared then. I mean, the buyers who, who made a lot of money from the financial crisis to today, yeah. they're the ones who threw caution in the wind. They said, hey, I believe in the, the apartment, I believe in the area, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip my toe in the water and, and yeah. try to take advantage. And they, they reap the reward. So I th- yeah. my point is here, now you've got some flexibility in the market to negotiate, uh, you can get better terms. Yeah. You know, it's hard to time the bottom of the market. And, and you know, frankly, you know, those people were taking a risk just the same as you are. But right. if you're going to be in it for, for a bit, you know, you're not doing it to flip the property. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to be in there next, you know, three to five or five to seven years. Yeah. It's probably going to be okay. uh, There's two you things. Hope, you know. the, the herd-like mentality is not there. Yep. There's no urgency. Absolutely. Buyers right. react to urgency. Yep. And it's just a, it, th- that force is just non-existent today. And besides, I, I think that buyers, it's, we always say, buy, buy when the blood is on the streets. Yeah. Buy when the market's down. 2009, perfect time to yep. buy, right? No one was bidding back in 2009. There was, that was a non-transactional market as mm. opposed to a transactional yep. down cycle. Um, they're just scared. They just think that the market's going down anymore. That's what I'm trying. Like, you're not going to hit the exact bottom. You know the market's down. Um, take advantage of the situation. You don't know how long it's going to last. And there's a lot of just negative info out there, so yeah. everyone just feels like right. uh, they're just being bombarded every day with right. negative news. Maybe negative news just uh, is attractive more for people to click on it, whatnot. Right. But, but in reality, what I'm somewhat positive about in this market is I, I deal with a lot of finance clients, and their bonuses are seemingly looking good. They're having reasonable uh, years at work, and so they're getting paid, and so they, they want to buy. Right. They're buying a property for their family, and so now it's just finding the right one, and, and it's then just getting them over just being scared and the paralysis of maybe not everyone's buying or yeah. not seeing a frenzy, but really they're in the position to buy. Their, their income is better than ever. They're financially stable. You know, they have a good outlook, and so now it's just getting over the hurdle. I'd be more concerned if you know there was more of you know people being fired, right. down bonuses, or you know things like that. Right, the macro so stuff so is more, positive. Right. I'm more yeah. positive. You know, interest rates are attractive yeah. right now, and the money's and there. So, yeah, the money yeah. exactly. The money's, the money's there. there. It's and just so having them. It's use them it. deploying. Yeah. This upcoming season, this January, February, March. This is a critical season because I mean it's been two years of just down. It's been mm-hmm. a slow drip, right? And it's like. If if we don't come back now, and this is the third year into it, and you go into the summer next year, and we just kind of stay where we are, that'll be pretty disappointing. I gotta yeah, tell you. I also think it's our job to be advocates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's our job to be advisors, but it's also our job to be enthusiastic and empathetic the entire way through. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of negative noise that they're hearing, yeah. and sometimes they don't understand exactly what to do with that and they're extrapolating things that are maybe 50% accurate and it's up to us to sit down in an enthusiastic positive way explain to them what the data is actually saying why this is a value buy or I think you're parsing the information out more for them right because someone might put out a report that says the market's down 10% they're like look the market's down 10 like well that's like an average. It's not yeah. every single property is down ten. There's Correct. some that are up trades. I, mm-hmm. I just lost that. We had a deal at a deal on a, on a Tribeca loft that ultimately we we bid a couple of price drops. It got to a point where it was an attractive price for my client who'd been looking for a while. We we negotiated a little bit more. Contract was out. We ended up losing someone who paid almost full ass for it. Right. And so so there's right. people in there and they were kind of surprised. Like uh, how long was that on the market for? It had been on the market uh, twice, right? And so this last time, maybe it was ninety days. Mm-hmm. And this, is, we're and hearing so, this, is, and then all of a sudden, when we bid, two other bidders, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? and, so, and that yeah. buyer's coming yeah. in like in a mid mid period, mid late. I, I see it happen all the time, where it's just something. I don't know if it's like 
vacations done with all of a sudden people right. like, let's let's buy something this month right and all of a sudden it's just you you have no activity and then all of a sudden you've got three bits well we can't measure right at all times yeah. there's new buyers coming into the market exactly so yeah. like that buyer pool is always buyers it's, it's, it's expanding it's contracting and it's expanding but we just can't measure the pace it's, of it's it hard to. yeah not only that i took over a listing in gramercy and it had gone through two or three price drops with a with a prior mm-hmm. broker and then I took over the listing and I, I had it painted and refreshed and kind of repurposed a little bit and virtually said, and I got an offer within probably two or three weeks. And it's, it was so interesting. As soon as I got that first offer and I disclosed to the other brokers who were coming in, I just want to let you know, we just accepted an offer, but we are absolutely showing for of backup course, and right. until a contract is... And as soon as I said that, as opposed to them being scared, yeah. all of a sudden their buyers were like, oh, someone wants this? A sense of urgency. This. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want this. And I have showed it six times in the past two or three days with all of those brokers knowing mm-hmm. that we have an accepted offer. Yeah. So I don't know if the mentality is this market is a little bit crazy and the odds are maybe it's going to fall through. Or the buyer is, I really like this, and now I like it a little bit more because somebody else likes yeah, it. I think that's so I'm going to get in there. So the question comes, like, how do you create urgency? And it goes right. back to yeah. sellers. You know, I think in this market, you need to make sure it's, it's you know, staged well, get rid of the clutter, really present the property well, paint if you need to paint. Right. Um, you know, try it if you've got kids, got to put away some of the toys. Mm-hmm. I always say, hey, let me, you know, I'm going to have you live a little bit uncomfortable for hopefully a short period of time, but let's not, let's get it sold versus sit on the market for a year, right. constantly showing. Right. And so let's fix all the little things that are not exactly working right, mm-hmm. you know, and because and buyers are now going to absolutely focus on those on those little things, right. and I think that's critical, and also pricing, right? You want to price it reasonably well, right. and, and so I think, and, and the whole point there is create urgency. If you can get people to come, uh, then hopefully you get a deal, and hopefully you get bids, and that creates some sort of urgency, like Stephanie was mentioning. Right. If right. you get other activity, versus if you're overpriced and you're waiting for that one buyer, some oligarch who just has to have your two-bedroom apartment that's facing a brick wall, that's really just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You really just got to price it well and present it well. Well, the market's not treating those people very good right now, um, no. those those, yeah. those rare cases. And you, um, ha- you can't be a reactive broker. You can't slap a price on an apartment and sit and wait for somebody to maybe right. come, right. especially if you're not presenting an A-plus product, and right. especially if your price is slightly off. You have to proactively yeah. pick up the phone and call other brokers in this business who transact within that price point in that right. particular mm-hmm. neighbor. I mean, I am the biggest believer. I say it all the time. I find that the secret sauce in this industry is broker relationships. Yeah, yeah. and we're hearing that we're all hearing the that broker collaboration is a growing yeah. wave right now in New York City. And I think you're aware of it. A couple other people are aware of it, but a lot of people are not aware of it. But broker collaboration is taking not to, I'm not talking about Instagram and social media I'm just talking about brokers relying on each other much more than when I was transacting 15 years you ago you have to because I if you have a relationship with the broker right. it goes both ways yeah. if if it's great to deal with another broker it's a dream yeah. when you're dealing with a miserable broker who's yeah. not giving you any information <laughs> who's either lying not disclosing things right. we were just talking about it it's a nightmare and it so I can call up Brian Mm -hmm. and I can say listen I have this buyer who's looking a little difficult she wants all these boxes checked off what do you have or with what you have like what's the story behind it is there because then I'm presented we get along we both want to get a deal done clearly because that's how we get paid we want to work together but then I'm presenting to my buyer a great product a great options a great option and I have 
a backstory and right. information that's not necessarily public Sorry. because I have a relationship with the listing agent. So <clears throat> it's a win-win, mm -hmm. and brokers need to be more collaborative, and brokers need to communicate more so that we can get deals done. Right. So that we can, first of all, elevate the uh, reputation. Yeah, and in this market, I mean, you know, there's a there's the role of technology is, is constantly expanding, but this sort of market intelligence that you get by picking up the phone and talking to somebody else 100%. who's working in it is is irreplaceable. Yeah. But I want to go back to, you know, we, we talked about, okay, it's a down market, it's a tough market. That's, that's really from the sell side. You know, from the buyer market, as we're saying, it's, it's, it's opportunity. There's more opportunities. It's great. But for sellers, how do you start having these conversations? And we talk about staging, we talk about making an A-plus product look great. But how do you start having those conversations about price, especially for someone who may have bought in 2013, 2014, and who's looking at either breaking even or taking a slight loss? I really go right from the get-go. I, you know, I have that situation happen to me regularly. People upgrading, maybe they bought in a stronger market, and and typically I say, you know, they'll be like, hey, so you're telling me I might lose, I might lose a couple hundred thousand here. I'm like, yeah, but we're redeploying the money, and so you're ultimately buying a more expensive apartment, right? So I'd rather lose a little bit of money on the less expensive and buy the more expensive one at a cheaper price. Right. I think that's just- Great trade-up market. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. a, so a that's the market you want to trade up in and it yeah. just makes sense and, and don't focus. I have a lot of people just focus, oh, but I'm losing money. Maybe I should wait until my apartment is in the money. And I'm like, so if your apartment becomes in the money, that one that you wanted to purchase is now even more expensive. Right. And would you want to make more money on the more expensive property? Yeah. And I think if you give them some time to like kind of let them comprehend that and kind of let it set and think about it, you hope that they come to terms with it. Right. Uh, in addition, I just really stick to data points. I mean, facts. I try not to, to say, oh, well, this is kind of nice or this or that. I mean, I really just, these are the actual data points that people will be looking at. You can't argue them. This is this is data from where this one sold, that one sold. Are they this accepting the it though? I mean, that's that's what I'm really curious you about. Know, I know it. Sometimes. Some do. Sometimes. Some do, and I, you know, everyone deals with really smart people who who transact in large to put large transactions together, you know, in banking or something. But when it comes to their apartment, their apartment that that's really personal. It's like common sense. Sometimes mm -hmm. goes out the window, and they're just like you know, and they're just being irrational. And yeah, and again, if you if you present strong points, at some point it'll sink in, right? right. You know, and, and you'll, they just need a little bit of time to adjust to what they're hearing, and, uh, you know, and, and it's just, you know, and you have to decide as a broker, hey, do I want to take this client on? If they're, if they're like, right. they want a million dollar, they're expecting something, a million over the market, do yeah. I want to take the time to do it? And sometimes you might actually have to really, to really make your point known to tell them, hey, I'm not prepared to even take your listing on if you want to go at that price because right. I think it's way off the market. It's just gonna not going to do you a good service mm -hmm. by doing that. It's right. going to sit. It'll ultimately maybe cost you money. Right. And I think when when a, when a seller hears that you're willing to turn down their business because yeah. that's how you make your money, right. maybe that resonates a little bit more. Like, hey, it's the broker's not point. just trying to lower the price so they sell it easier. He's he or she's willing to lose out on a complete commission right. because that's how much they believe that the that the market is not where the client thinks it is. That's a great point. And you're talking about data points and. And we have a brand new chart on Urban Digs. It's called Market Pulse. Okay, mm -hmm. it used to be called the Volatility Index, which was a little confusing to people. We changed it to Market Pulse. It's basically a pending sales to inventory ratio, right? So it's just looking at supply and demand. And, and the skinny of it is as it falls, the market's weakening, and as it rises, the market's strengthening. And it really does show. I know you guys can't really see this here, but it, it shows the peak right in the middle of 2013. And then it, the peak kind of shifted down a little bit, but stayed strong to 2015. And then it's just a progressive um, downfall. And it, if I look at where we are right now, it's putting us into mid 2012. 
that's where this demand pending sales supply ratio, the, the leverage, if you take leverage, this is, this is what I call buy side leverage or sell side yeah. leverage. Mm -hmm. um, it's putting those dynamics and forces back at mid 2012 levels. Yeah. But again, this is all Manhattan. This is a very broad stroke. Yeah, and there are pockets of crazy strength and there are pockets yep. of right. you know, incredible weakness yeah. right out there. Listen, I'm I'm, I have buyers who are looking for something sort of to Brian's point earlier, very specific and I have yet to find it. Right. And I know as soon as I do, it will go very quickly. Right. Because it's, like you said, there's likely other people have been waiting right. for that same, right. same apartment. And I right. think people really need to be smart mm -hmm. and brokers need to be equipped with the knowledge and also feel really comfortable and confident in what they're talking about. Right. I mean, they have to do, we, we have to do homework. Yep. Yep. We have right. to know the numbers and we also have to present it in an empathetic package. Right. Because some sellers don't want to, they just don't want to hear it. Right. They think their property is worth something that it's maybe not. Yes, it's then up to you at, at a certain point to say, this is for me or this isn't for me. This is, you know, my, my time is money and this is worth it. And this is something that I'm going to invest in completely and spend my own money and make right. a priority of mine. Or it's not. And I think they'll also respect you for walking away if... Right if you just don't think that that's what it's going to trade for. But you need, and I think Urban Digs is incredible and is such a powerful tool to help the brokerage community go in equipped with the knowledge. Yeah. yeah, to say, I'm not making this up. Yeah. I, I have skin in the game. I want you to sell your property for the highest price per square foot that I possibly can. Yeah. I have a vested interest in it. And also, I want your future business and I want your friend's future business. I mean, right. that's- I want to do you right. Yeah. I want to yeah. do you right. I care and about the you market, as a person. The market's going to do what the market wants to do at the right. end of the day. It's just, I think your points are here is that, look, if the market's going to dictate something at 1.5 and you're pricing it at 2 million, that the time it's going to take and the, 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 the things you have to go through, and you might not even get 1.5 at the that point. The opportunity cost. Yeah, the right. opportunity cost. And you might, at that point, you, it may just, it may be like a, a negative feeding kind of um, prophecy on itself, yeah. you know. Um, and also whereas, if you're searching in a search box, times, yes. Where right. someone, let's just, let's just go with your point, it's a one five property and they price it even over two. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now they're at, now they're at two two, and then they're at two, and then they're at one eight. Yeah. Right. Now it's been on the market. Six months. Six yeah. months. Now no one, it's worth one five. Right. Yeah. No one's giving them right. one five. Right. They're, they're just waiting for the and next price And buyers don't drop. forget that. I mean, buyers see it, they know it's been it's on the market. transparent. You can yeah. see it on, yeah. they know the sellers, th this is a seller that's testing. That's the thing. Buyers are always intuitive psychologists. Right? They're always, everyone in itself is an intuitive psychiatrist or psychologist, and everyone knows how people's behaviors are doing. And buyers are always trying to figure out, is this seller desperate yeah. to hit my bid? Right. Does this seller need to sell, or right. are they just trying to test the market? And it's just very clear. If you're a seller that's just <laughs> testing the market, buyers just put you in that bucket. And again, this market's not forgiving for those types of people. And they'll yeah. a buyer will still say, what is wrong with this property? Right. Why, is it, why is the days on market... 120 right. or 150, and why has it gone through three price drops? Right. That obviously means what's wrong with it. Because even if, yeah, even it. if yeah. it meets and, and, and it checks all the boxes, they're like, right. for resale, am I going to have trouble yeah. selling this? Exactly. You know? And, so, yeah. uh, and then it's also up, up to us to say, well, it started at a price that was too high, right. or it didn't. But, yeah. th but that also comes back to us knowing the data and us being able to pick the phone and say, What's the situation? Right. Like, where are your sellers at? Because I want to sell. I want. I want to help you sell this property because right. I actually think it's the right fit for my buyers. But my buyers, the perception is that something's wrong and that the sellers are desperate because they've had to price drop so much right. and because the days on market just keeps increasing. Right. But if they put that place on at one six, 
or one five nine five. Right. Maybe they got one five seven five. Right. Yep. Okay. And, then, and then I think ultimately they'd be better off just pricing closer to the actual market. Right. It shows seller. It shows buyer. Sorry that they're that they're actually looking to sell. Well, not only that, if it gets people in the door for the first open house and yeah. other buyers who might be interested see other people there, there's yeah. suddenly it's an a urgency. flicker of that right. sense of urgency, which right. can help exactly. get to the finish line. Exactly. And not only that, but if you, I mean, I think the fear is that they're leaving money on the table. So it's like, I don't want to underprice it, and then I get my one chance, and I got that bid, I, and I accepted it, and I left 200000 on the table. But the market will do its I, exactly. thing. And that's yeah. what I always yeah. tell people. I tell people exactly. I yeah. said, if I'm like, if I'm wrong on the pricing, the market will let us know. Right. Yeah. It'll be obvious. We'll get bids from day one. Right. You know, the data is that I don't think we are, but but the market will tell us if we are. Right. Great. You stuff. know, and so and, right. and and should we find that way, we can adjust the price, right? Right. L- would rather go up with the price or get a bidding war than than ultimately having yeah. to drop the price several times. Right. Because every once you drop it a couple of times, everyone's going to look for the next drop. They just assume there's another drop. Right. And so that's why it's, I I prefer to price things in and around the market and try to just negotiate through language when you're showing right. to show you're more flexible in the price or less. Versus, you know, pricing it high and doing multiple price drops. Right. You really want to try to avoid that. It, it, it's it's great advice. Um, this has been awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank Stephanie you. Burke and Brian Brian uh, Cushman. Um, we are at our New York. This is Noah and John. We're talking Manhattan, and we'll see you next time. Bye.